Hi, you are listening to Coffee Talk. I'm your host, Liv Alliston, and I'm here with Austin Stratton. Today, we are going to be doing uh, part two of our Living with Open Hands series. So part one, I will link in the show notes. Um, That was really dealing with trusting God with your finances, to be Mm -hmm. your provider. Um, And so this is part two of that, and we're really focusing on what it means to live with open hands regarding the safety of those you love, specifically your children, yeah. your spouse, like the really the really hard ones that you really want to cling to. Um, so the quote that I love that I will mention throughout the series is Corey Ten Boom, um, hold everything loosely in your hands. Otherwise, it hurts when God pries your fingers open. God, that's so true. Yes. So let's, um, let us dive in. All right, let's okay. go. Um, so first of all, I really just want to talk like scripturally examples in scripture where God calls us to trust in his sovereignty and Mm -hmm. in his goodness, regardless of what it looks like. Yeah. Um, so like the two main examples that I can think of is Job. Yes. And then Jesus. Yes. I I would agree. Another one that, that always strikes me is Naomi and Ruth. That one has, that one has really, um, been a big one for me the last couple of years of the God asked Naomi a lot. He asked a lot of her. He asked her to pretty much give up everything. Yeah. And then to trust him still after she had been stripped of everything God had given her. And I think the same thing is true. Same thing is true of Job. Same thing is true of right. Jesus of they were stripped bare of everything God had given them. Mm-hmm. And then God still said, I'm, I'm asking you. Yeah. I'm not forcing you. I'm asking you. Yeah. To take this on. I think that's that was a verse, uh, Job one twenty one, uh, which says the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, and I, up until the last, mm, I would say two months, I have really struggled with that verse. <laughs> there was a song that was popular, college, late high I think school, I know what you're talking and the, about. the chorus or the the bridge says He gives and takes away. Blessed oh, be, yes. blessed be the name of yes, the Lord. Yes, yes, that's yes. It. Yeah, I know that song. Yes, it's a great song. I refuse to sing that part. I was like, uh, I don't think that's biblical, even though that was a verse straight out of the Bible that tells you my walk with the Lord. And I didn't even know that was a verse. It's a hard concept. So I I wrote a blog on that as well, which I'll also link in the show notes called Is He Enough? And it said, you know, when the giver of all good things takes away, do you still trust him? Do you still love him? Is he enough when everything else is stripped away? Yeah. And that's been something that he's really been teaching me. And it's not been... Um, an easy journey and it's not been very fun. No, it's not. I don't think it ever is. Yeah. I I don't think that is the end result. The end result is is good and sweet, but I don't think it's ever, I think it is probably one of the least fun lessons. Yeah. It's hard to reconcile that he would like, why would he take things away? He's good. Like Mm -hmm. to us having something taken away is something that's bad, bad. So one thing, so I was thinking of Jesus specifically, Luke 22 and uh, that whole chapter with Garden of Gethsemane and he's praying and, you know, he prays for God to take the cup of suffering from Mm -hmm. him, but not my will be done, your will be done, right? So perfect example, obviously, of what we should do. And so Jesus, in his most painful moments, we associate pain with bad, like it's bad. Going to the cross, the process of, you know, going there and then dying, was probably the most painful thing mm-hmm. anyone has ever gone through. I mean, they say, but they it was say, good. Yes, it was. It was good, and they for said our the good. pain of that was 
the worst thing anyone medically, I mean, scientifically, they say that's one of the worst pains anyone can ever experience. Yeah. Um, but it was. But it, it was, was a good pain it was a, it because was of what a, it brought about. Yes, exactly. Right. So God can, he uses that. I mean, he uses anything and everything. And I think that's one thing I've kind of had to, that I've really been working on. My sister had a really close friend that died. Um, uh, yeah, she had a two-year-old and a two-month-old. Oh my goodness. And that, so that quickly became my greatest fear is that I was going to die when the boys were young and they would not remember me. That just, that settled in my heart as a massive fear. And then I experienced the blood clot and I literally could have died yes. at any moment. And going through that, like I, I've written about it, but it's it's very. I was in a massive state of depression, and experiencing so. that fear, you yes. know. Um, and then you, after that, and I got through it and everything. Then became the fear of what if I lose my children? <laughs> and it's a, such a cycle. Yes. Oh, that's such a cycle. It really rocks me to my core when I start having these lies these thoughts of the enemy of what ifs and they are lies and i I will i will say it is a cycle it's where i've had to learn and we'll get more into this in a little Mm -hmm. bit but i've had to learn when scripture talks about taking your thoughts captive yeah that is where that plays out Mm -hmm. is when you do start that cycle of what if i lose my children what if something happens what if this happens what if we go do this thing and what if we're the statistic what if we're this and what if it's my fault what what oh yeah that's something that I'm like, what What if it's something I could have prevented? Oh, that's such a hard How one. could I live with myself? How could I face my husband? How could I face my other kids? You know, so. Oh, that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. But all of these scenarios, I mean, they run in my head. I think they run in most. And, and I, they run in most heads. people's heads. But I, I think it's also where Satan loves to distract us on that we have control. That he loves to say, oh, but but what if you could have? What if you don't? Mm-hmm. What if you do? What if they mm-hmm. do? And the reality is, and it was the first lesson I had to learn as a mom that I remember distinctly having to learn as a mom. I mean, there's all the other, you know, mom patients and all that. Was... It was the night, and our son, he is, I will say, he is fine and healthy now, but he drowned when he was 15 months old, and it was the night in the hospital, and I remember it as distinctly as it was yesterday, the reminder from the Lord of he was never mine to begin with. He was never mine. He has been the Lord's Mm -hmm. from day one, and the Lord entrusted him to me for a season, and I don't get to predetermine that season. Yeah. And my goodness, that is a painful pill to swallow. Yeah. It's one of those, I can't even, when I hear, we've had a lot of friends. We've had a lot of That have friends. lost babies. Yes. Uh, including Alexa. We've done yes. podcasts on um, Harper. And you know, Drew and I have talked, like, that was traumatic for us. I, I and think we it was for everyone. Yes. And so I can't even, I, I can't, I can't imagine. And I don't want to imagine no. that. Um, but it's. It's hard because that's what he asks us. Think of Abraham and Isaac. Mm-hmm. God gave Isaac to Abraham. Mm-hmm. This is the promised child. I'm going to bring my Savior through his lineage. Promised child. Yes. And then, oh, by the way, can you sacrifice him to me? And You know, Abraham had to have been going through in that moment. Okay, Lord, this is what you promised me. I believe your promises. There's a disconnect, though, because yeah. if, I, if I kill my son, up. if I sacrifice my son... Mm-hmm. What are you, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, what what are you doing? Yeah. And I love 
I, I love the whole when at the foot of the mountain, you know, Isaac asks, where's, where's the sacrifice? And he says, the Lord will provide. Like he is confident and he's like, he told his, his helpers, whatever, you stay down here and we will return. And only have rock solid faith because you're not looking at your circumstances, but because you're focused on yes. the goodness of God. You know him beyond a shadow of a doubt. You know whatever he has planned and allows mm-hmm. is good because he is good. Well, and I think Or it's worked for good. And I think something I've had to learn is that that rock solid faith only comes and it you were when you were talking about Jesus at the cross um surrender and sacrifice mm-hmm. I, I think this living with open hands it comes when and surrender is a naughty word in the church mm-hmm. we don't like to talk about surrender as submission mm-hmm. not words we like no. to throw around at all <laughs> especially in the 21st century no <laughs> we, we don't like those words they're dirty words um the new s words that's right but I think that rock-solid faith, if you look through Scripture, if you look at the pillars of faith, if you look at the people that did have to live their lives with such open hands, they were people that were submitting to the Lord, to the Lord being who He needed to be in their life. Mm-hmm. That they let the Lord drive their faith. Mm-hmm. It wasn't them driving their right. faith. You can't fabricate it on your own. Right. We like to think we can. We like to paint these really pretty pictures of, Mm -hmm. oh, this pillar of the faith. And we have these very, very, very preconceived notions that these people created this faith. And that's not the reality. Right. The people that I see, the people that I know, the people that are true pillars of the faith, The people that lived with open hands that live with open hands are people, I believe, that were open enough to say, Lord, you've got to be the one moving through this because I can't do it because I'm done. Right. It's why I love the story of Ruth and Naomi so much because we hear that and it's such a, we typically hear that story told as such a sweet love story. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I love most about that story is the darkest moment in it. Mm-hmm. And it is when Naomi has lost her husband. Mm-hmm. She was taken from her homeland. She lost her sons. Her one daughter-in-law said, I'm going to go back to my people. After Naomi released her and said, you go. You owe me nothing. Mm-hmm. You go. And you make a life for yourself. And Ruth sticks around and they go back home. And they go back to her homeland. And... All of her friends come running up and they're super pumped to see her. And it's Naomi, Naomi, Naomi. And Naomi's name meant joy of Jehovah. Mm -hmm. And she comes back and says, do not call me that. Call me Mara because Mara means bitter. And God has dealt bitterly with me. And in that moment, it wasn't her giving up on the Lord, but it was her saying, I'm done. I'm done. Mm -hmm. And then you get to see the Lord just radically move through and totally restore family and grandchildren and homeland and bring about such a sweet resolution to such a devastating situation. Yeah. It is impossible to surrender, obviously, in your own strength. Yes. It is impossible to surrender unless you know who you're surrendering to. Uh, yeah, I agree. And you have to have a deep 
intimate relationship with him, which means you have to talk to him. You have to, I mean, you have to press in. You have to spend time with him and, and when it's dwell easy, in his presence. Yeah. You have to do it when it's easy. And yes. I think that's what's hard. You hear this talked about all the time. You have to fortify yourself. You have to fortify your city before mm-hmm. the city Storm comes hits. under attack. Yeah. Alexa wrote a blog on that about dealing yes. with Harper. It's called Foundations Revealed, and I'll link that as well. But all about you have to do that before the storm comes yes. because you're not, you, you can't just when start building comes, when no. a storm's coming. So when a storm comes, you're, you're done. So one thing that I wrote is that we live in a culture of, of feel good. Mm. Like every, yes, everyone do. wants everything to feel good. And if it doesn't feel good, then it's bad. Yes. And it's wrong. And that's not the way God works. And so I think keeping in mind that we are spiritual beings first, we are not physical beings with a spirit. We are spiritual beings in a physical body. I think keeping that in mind to yes. help you be eternally focused, yes. have an eternal perspective. Cause I think that's one of the keys to being able to live with open hands is realizing that what's here, what we see, mm-hmm. um, all of this is temporal. Like none yes. of it is lasting. And I think that's one thing that I absolutely, I had been struggling with this issue for a long time. And then when I read a severe mercy, it really, kind of helped me understand. I think I always thought, why would God take someone away? Why would God allow that person to I think die? It's a why? normal thought. It, it's hard because, well, and because the very thought of us being dissatisfied with death, like hating death, yes. that in it itself reveals that we are eternal creatures yes. because we were not meant, we were not mm-hmm. made for death. And so we fight it and we do everything we can to prevent it. Oh, I love that thought. And I think having that, the eternal perspective really puts everything in a right perspective. Yes. Um, but a severe mercy when they literally talks about, um, I mean, if this is on the back cover, his, his wife dies. So that's not giving anything away. Don't worry. Um, but working through that, of God taking her away, I was just like, why would like, that doesn't sound like God. Obviously, that means I didn't know him very well because he allows that to happen. Well, it's he where takes my, people home all the time. It's where my favorite quote from C.S. Lewis is where he asks the question, is the joy now worth the pain later? Mm-hmm. And the two come hand in hand. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the two come hand in hand. I remember I mentioned earlier in our previous podcast that we lost my father-in-law several years ago and um, he was a great man. My kids had an excellent relationship with him. He and I had a beautiful relationship. My husband and him had had a great relationship and he battled cancer for a long time. And um, eventually he went home to be with the Lord and my father-in-law got saved as an adult. And um, he, he spent so much of his life sharing the gospel. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember my daughter, it, it, it rocked her. It was, it rocked all of us. Um, but her, it was just particularly painful. And recently something came up and she just had a day where she was just missing him and she was just grieving and she was apologizing for feeling sad. And I told her, I said, honey, I said, it would be more sad if you weren't grieving him Yeah. because it means you loved deeply. And, and those two go so hand in hand. Going, I think going back to this like eternal, having an eternal perspective and, and kind of keeping everything in a right view 
I don't know. It's, it's so hard. It's still it's something it is. I'm still so... working through. But it it makes me, it's not that God causes bad things, right? He's He's good. He does allow. He doesn't prevent. He does not prevent. Yes. So everything is sifted through his hands. Yes. Everything that occurs in our lives. I heard it phrased that way a hands. long time ago, and I think it's a good way to look at it. Yes, yeah. And so it's not God took this person away. Yes, he called them home. He allowed them to die mm-hmm. and to, you know, whatever. But I keep thinking, okay, that person, they, they wanted they wanted to live. Well, they are living. They are. And They're I living think... in a perfect heaven as opposed to a broken world. Like, they are one with their Savior, you know? Well, so... and I think it's where we've got to get to the point as a believer and that's it's a hard place to get to and it's not something we are I don't think anybody keeps perfect focus on it mm-hmm. is that we were never designed like you kind of said earlier we were never designed for permanence in this world right our ultimate purpose is to glorify the lord mm-hmm. but we we have humanly a very preconceived notion we have our idea of what our life is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And I had to come to the reality many years ago of my idea for my life, what I felt like in a moment of a very dark moment for me, of my life feeling ruined, is when the Lord really revealed to me, this was never my design for your life. Mm-hmm. And I think with the eternal perspective... It's remembering, as, as silly as it, it may feel, every move we make, everything we do, ultimately our job is glorifying the Lord and living out our days, as hard a thought as that is, may not be what brings the Lord the most glory. And am I okay with that? Am I okay with the legacy my children leave may not be a dozen grandchildren? Mm-hmm. Am I okay with that? Mm-hmm. Am I okay with that? And do I really believe God is always good and God is mm-hmm. always sovereign? Even if it means living, we all live a broken life, but what feels like a very broken life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the keys too is is obviously pressing in and knowing the Lord. Because once you know him intimately, you know all of his attributes. You know he is good. You know he is sovereign. You know he is he's never changing. You know he is loving. You know that he is just. Yes. And I think that's another one that's really hard for us to see is that he is he is just. He's a just God, which I'm I love, mm-hmm. but also is very difficult. Yeah. Because in his justice, that that means we have to deal with the consequences of our actions. Mm-hmm. You know, I think as parents, something that's really hard to do is allow our children to live with their consequences, mm-hmm. no matter how little or how big they are, to, because the older they get, the bigger those consequences become. Yeah. And that surrender and submission of parenthood and of our children knowing they're flawed humans. Mm-hmm. And they're going to make mistakes, and God is a just God, but in his justice, he does bring about goodness. Mm-hmm. And he opens the door for us to learn, it sounds really sappy, but sweet truths mm-hmm. about who he is. Mm-hmm. 
I think the hard part is his his justice is not our idea of justice. No, it his is definition not. of things is not our definition. It's not, and that's hard to wrap your brain mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. It's like his definition of good, like he is good. Yes, but, but it doesn't always feel good to us. So we no, it doesn't think look like not my good. good. Right, but it is good because we know he is good. You know, like you have to dwell on the truth, not on the feeling. One of the things that I love is as I've been struggling with this, I've been like talking to the Lord and just telling him like how I'm feeling and being very, you know, coming to him and cry, crying and just being very, which is hard, but so sweet and emotional. But you know, it's what Jesus modeled it in the mm-hmm. garden. I mean, he was, I don't want to do this Lord, please take it from me. You know, Job modeled it, I was right? I say Job, Job did it. Yeah. I mean, grieving, but they were, they acknowledged their feelings, but they were not dictated by those feelings. They clung to the truth of who they knew God was. Because feelings are deceptive. Yes. God gave us feelings. Feelings are Absolutely, wonderful. But and not to and rule us. Exactly. Feelings are deceptive. Yeah. And if I do, I think that's huge in maintaining that perspective on it's good to feel. God designed us to feel deeply. Yeah. I mean, he felt deeply and he designed us to feel deeply, to rejoice big and to Mm -hmm. grieve heavy I think we live in a culture that likes to stifle that a lot Mm -hmm. I I mean I really do feel like we we feel that we must you know powering that powering through Mm -hmm. means we don't feel anything anymore yeah well everything is a highlight reel yes you can't you can't feel when you're just looking at all the good stuff no you can't and part of part of what makes us beautifully human is the fact that we do feel right and and you, like you said, though, remembering that those feelings are not truth. Right. And that's where when you do have that basis in Scripture and you've mm-hmm. built that relationship with the Lord and you've spent that time with Him and you've spent that time learning the truth of His Word and who He is, when those feelings come around, you can go, okay, but I know who God is. I know that what I'm feeling right now is temporal. It's not forever. And this is who God is. And he's a good God, and he's a loving God, and he's a just God, and he's a sovereign God. Mm-hmm. His ultimate is to bring about my good and his glory. Thank you for joining us today on Coffee Talk. Austin will be back with us next time to finish up Living with Open Hands uh, Part 3, uh, talking about just completely trusting in the sovereignty of God um, and entrusting our loved ones and specifically our children uh, to his loving hands. So be sure to tune in next time uh, when Austin and I will finish up that discussion. And thank you so much for listening. You have been prayed for.